Hey guys, welcome back to the GOAT Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and I'm back here today with breaking news that is not so much breaking as it would have been if we could have gotten to do this yesterday. But, uh, oh well. It is Saturday, January 13th, and Alabama and the New England Patriots have both replaced lifelong friends, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. And to talk about the replacements that each of those two teams respectively placed into their role, I have brought back Drew Suttles. Uh, Drew is a wonderful guy. Uh, We love him dearly on this podcast. If you heard anybody talking bad about him, that was a skinwalker, and it was not me. Uh, I don't know what happened, but Drew, you're awesome. I'm so glad you get to be on the podcast today. Just kidding. Drew's terrible, and I'm glad he's not here. Monica, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks. Glad to be back. I'd, I'm glad Glad that you're a part of the podcast again. I kind of can't believe that, uh, you know, Saban's replacement has finally been announced. It's just kind of wild, you know. In the past few days, you know, you've seen a lot of people, you know, refer to him as the GOAT. And, you know, what I guess in classifying someone as the GOAT, I feel like you have to change the sport completely as a result of you being there. And I think the term GOAT gets thrown around a lot, but not with Saban. He completely changed the sport of football in general, but also college football. And I just, Man, it's crazy. Uh, I'm glad yeah. that he coached my team, but you know, here we go. We're in a we're in a new era. Yeah, and it's certainly, you know, the the crazy thing about it. In order to change your sport, you have to be somebody that is just different. Yeah. Because if everybody could change the sport, it would happen all the time, but. We didn't get to talk about this. I don't know if you just covered what you wanted to cover uh, from the other day, and if not, we'll still go to that. But um, I never got to really talk about the moment that has resonated with me when it comes to statement because everybody knows I'm not a Bama sympathizer. Um, There is a part of me that just as someone who does not root for Bama hopes that this move that has been made that we'll talk about in just a moment – Sets them back just a little bit, back to the realm of normal because they have had so much above normal because of who their coach was and what they've been able to do in recruiting and the coaching assistants that he's hired. He has just – it's been insane. But it doesn't seem like that's what's going to happen when we talk about the guy they've replaced because his coaching record is also insane for what it is. But um, that Clemson game – where Saban did the onside kick. I love that. Forever sticks out in my mind as built different. You know, to to watch film to the point of knowing, hey, they never do this. Not like a, hey, the last three weeks they haven't been doing this. Or, you know, the last two times we've seen, you know, a matchup of them against the SEC, they haven't done. They have not done this all season. It is Mm -hmm. a tendency that means Saban watched every single kickoff of every single game 
that they played where they were receiving the ball and took note of, which, first of all, how in the world do you spot that? You know, I'm reminded of that Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing and starts snapping, you know, at the TV. That's what that seems like to me is it's like, was he just up at the facility one night late? And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, go back. But then second of all, to be gutsy enough in the national championship game to say, all right, kick it over there. Because they had to have practiced that. They had to have planned for that possibility to happen. But mm-hmm. to actually execute it and call it is a completely different animal. And it's the reason they won that game. Because if they didn't do that, I don't think they win. And you saw his face after it happened. He knew. He knew. Yeah. That it was going to work. Immediately. The, the audacity of a man <laughs> to be able to be that good. Um but Monica, did you get to cover what you wanted to cover about him before we move on to who's been hired? Yeah, I really I just I wanted I wanted to make sure he got his praise. I don't think I did enough of that the other day and you know, I it was more of a selfish perspective, but I just I am amazed at what he has done for the game of football. Yeah. And uh, we'll get this out of the way before we talk about who who Alabama hired because we won't have to spend much time talking about this. Uh, the New England Patriots have hired Gerard Mayo. And 37-year-old former linebacker that played with New England. Mm-hmm. I don't love the move, but I understand it. Uh, to me... Yeah. <laughs> You were tired of Bill Belichick, and so you brought the guy that has been coached under Belichick for the last several seasons and is basically, from what I've been reading, a true through-and-through Belichick disciple. Mm-hmm. Vrabel has not been that. You know, there, There's never been a moment where anybody has said, Mike Vrabel is Bill Belichick. He's good, and he's certainly one of the better coaches that's out there and available, but I, I never would have expected – Gerard Mayo to be hired. So do you have any quick thoughts on that before we move on to Alabama's hiring? So one quick thing about that, and then just an observation. I I have – I'm watching the Texans-Browns game right now, so I'll just have a quick observation Same. on that. Um, but what that hiring told me immediately was we we – want to move on from Belichick, but we don't want to move too far away. Yeah. And I found that very interesting. Very interesting. It does does almost make you think that what they said, because Nick Casario from the Texans was a Belichick guy. He's the GM now in Houston. Mm -hmm. He said, you can't, you can't replicate a culture, but you can kind of mimic some of the behavior and the patterns of behavior. And I think that's what Houston's been able to do so successfully. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like they, they supposedly had several meetings where they, you know, the end result of those meetings were, hey, we're going to part ways. If I were a betting man, I would bet that Belichick was told, you're not going to be the GM anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was if he was willing to accept that, that he could stay. But I think Belichick was like, well, no, I want I want full control over the players I bring in. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what they wanted to get rid of because the do-your-job Patriot way won six Super Bowls and went to ten. 
There's that's, only one other person that has ever come close to that level of greatness and consistency, and it's my fantasy football team. Um, I mean that that should tell you something. Um, we're not. We're not. We're not going to talk about Nick Saban there. No, it, not not him. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's only one other person that's ever done this ever in the history of sports. Um, but in reality, that's just it. You're looking at this as Gerard Mayo is basically going to keep the Patriot way, mm-hmm. but they're definitely hiring a new GM. And yeah. you almost kind of wonder if a dark horse candidate, I know it would be crazy to think, but I wonder if they will find somebody like a Rick Spielman who used to be the GM for the Minnesota Vikings, who was the one that famously got Justin Jefferson and Adrian Peterson and all those types of players, even if they said, hey, we want you to consult on this draft mm-hmm. because you're tr- you're talking about hiring a GM three months before the draft. That's not that a lot of time. Terrible. Especially if they're looking for an outside GM Maybe a you know fresh blood completely, but I digress. Uh, you have any other thoughts on the Mayo hiring before we hold the Mayo and go back to Alabama? Uh, not on the Mayo, but just a quick observation on the Texans Browns game. So yeah, that should have been ten, a touchdown. Ten <laughs> uh, that should have been ten minutes left in the uh, first half, and they this game has been so fast paced, so back and forth. They had to finish introducing the Browns' defensive starting lineup with 10 minutes left in the first half. I was like, are you kidding me? I thought that was a little weird. Um, Okay. So, uh, Monica, I will let you do the right uh, of bringing up the new – Alabama head coach. It's not who we predicted on on either of our ends. This name was not mentioned when we talked. Um, I started hearing his name mentioned around, was it Thursday we recorded this? Because it came out Friday. Um, I believe so. I started hearing his name Thursday evening. Yeah, I was like, after we recorded is when I started hearing his name. Yeah, and it made me mad that it was like, couldn't y'all have... You know, we could have we could so, have dropped it. That would have been so cool. We could have. Um, go ahead, Monica, and and tell us who the new head coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide is going to be. The twenty eighth head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide Crimson Tide football team. Well, I really botched that there, didn't I? Is Kalen so cool. DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer. And if that name sounds familiar to you guys listening, it's because he just was in the national championship. So what does Bama do? Bama says, okay, well, we lost Nick Saban, who's used to playing in the national championship. We're going to go get a guy that just went to the national championship. And if it weren't for him being in Washington and playing against a Michigan defense that is just going to have a lot of, you know, drafted players this year, yeah, they probably could have won that game because against Texas, which was a little bit more of a, a pro style offense, but not a pro style defense. Michigan definitely has an NFL style defense. Washington held their own and actually won in a shootout. Mm-hmm. Couldn't make it that way for the national championship. But 
if you put Bama on that field that night, who knows what could have happened. I mean, it was a close loss with right. Nick Saban. So you never know. If, if you have that fourth goal, fourth and goal play 10 times in a row, would you say conservatively Bama gets it at least six out of 10? Um, not with the same play call, just you have 10 shots. Yeah. Okay. So I was about to say, I really, I have avoided the debate of the quarterback mm-hmm. draw and I don't want to get into that. Um, it wasn't not, supposed to be a draw. I'm not going to get into that on a public forum. Let's just exactly. put it that way. Um, <laughs> I'll do it for you. Don't worry. And mostly because I don't want what I have to say about it to be public. But <laughs> I think it was what? Fourth and goal from like the two or the three. They yeah. probably get it 60, 70% of the time. So that would be about six, six or seven out of ten. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Okay. That's that's all you want to hear. And if you have the opportunity, you you leave Saban and you do go to an offensive minded coach. Which I I think that was necessary. We talked about that. I'll say, did I say that on the podcast? Because I know yeah. I've said it. We you know, we off. mentioned that was required in mm-hmm. order to really make this work. And you also go to a guy. Let me just read the following to you. Um, he has won as far as championships are concerned, not national championships, but just championships overall. He's won eight. He won the Pac-12 this past year. He won four G-Packs and three NAIA championships. That's unbelievable. And he has also gone two and one in bowl games, uh, 17 and two in the NAIA playoffs. Uh, one and one in the tournament style, you know, college football playoff, of course. And he's 104 and 12 overall in his coaching career. When even, you pull up, even Coach Saban did not have that kind of success. Yeah. Before he was hired. And that's the, that's the thing. I, I almost, I joked today, I, I'm going to read my discord message to the sibling chat today. Cause I did that in part so that when we chatted on this podcast, I could, I could bring it out. Cause I think it's funny, but I also, I truly believe that I would be able to be successful in part at Alabama. And I'll explain why in just a second. I sent to our sibling chat earlier today. I guess my resume for Alabama must've been intercepted. I have on multiple occasions taken schools like Georgia tech and Memphis to the BCS national championship. Why they would not want my prowess is beyond me. Who even is that DeBoer guy? What are his accomplishments? Ugh. Bama gonna Bama. I never should have told Nick to retire. That really backfired. And you, you know what you know what I thought? Right in the moment, like right now, as you're reading it. Yeah. Dude, I think the problem was that you took him to the BCS. It's it's been too long since you've been in the game. Exactly. It's been too long since That's- you've had success. It's not my fault that NCAA football stopped putting out a college game because of the NIL not being allowed. Um, but I, I, I do tongue in cheek, of course, obviously don't think I could truly be the next head coach for Alabama. But I do think if you put just about anybody that has proven to be a good coach mm-hmm. with that Alabama A on their shirt, 
and they're sitting across the dinner table from mom and dad with that 16 to 18 year old boy that they're trying to recruit to come and commit to them. I do think you're going to be successful mm-hmm. and you, you give DeBoer some tools and some opportunities that he didn't have at Washington and was still successful. And you give him some opportunities to now say, Hey, Washington's a good school. Alabama's a great school. That's going to really boost Bama. It's almost in some ways like they won't miss a beat very much. Now, I don't know. I would like to hear your opinion on this and then give you the opportunity to do closing thoughts on this. I don't know how many players have transferred out. I do know that Will Rogers entered the portal from Mississippi State, left and went to Washington, and has now entered the portal again. Um and I'm not sure where he's going to end up. Reports but... are saying that he is trying to go to Alabama. I've been reading really? reports on that all day. Yep. So does that mean that he thinks he's going to have a shot to compete? Uh, I guess. But can you... Huh. Can I don't know... I don't know how legit, but that is the... That's the Twitter rumor of the day that he wants to go to Alabama because he wants hmm. to play for DeBoer. But well. I don't I I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I feel like I've said it to you. Will Rogers is a system quarterback. He's mm-hmm. an air raid system quarterback. And um it kind of triggers something in my brain here. DeBoer and runs a little bit of a air raid. Mm. And so I think Will Rogers is just trying to set himself up for success so maybe he'll get drafted. Because he ain't going to get drafted like he did last year at Mississippi State. That's true. So how many players from Alabama have entered the portal? And do you, if if any more will enter, what do you expect to see? Because to me... If I'm a college player at Alabama, the only the only coach that might have made me seriously consider transferring would have been Dan Lanning because he's not as accomplished just yet. He's good, but the consistency has not been shown yet. Sarkeesian, I would have been tempted to stay and definitely play for him. Lane Kiffin, I also would have been tempted to stay because he does have a good offensive system and he's mm-hmm. familiar to the program. Same with Sark. When you look at DeBoer, it's in some ways, in my opinion, even though I said I think Sarkeesian should have been the hire, I don't know that they could have hired a better coach. Um, but, you know, just kind of tell me your thoughts on all of that. Um, it's hard to it's hard to say some of the things that I want to say in a concise manner. One of the, and I know, I know there's people that are going to scoff at me for this, but Saban emphasized winning the right way. Yeah. That was one of his emphasis. And so he's not going to get caught up in a Connor Stallions type deal because he wants to do it the right way. So, He's going to bend every rule almost until it breaks, but he's not going to break it. But he will bend it to the breaking point. 
Yeah. And he wants someone who also has that same. I feel weird saying moral fiber, but I just don't know how else to put it. And Sark, not that guy. Kiffin, one million percent not that guy. Dabo and all of his claims is not that guy. The person who is that guy is Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, and if Dabo had played more ball with the NIL and had been a little bit more willing to avoid some of the problems that he's had over the last few years that have been self-inflicted, I think Dabo would have been a good hire after that second national championship. Yeah. If Saban was retiring after he lost to Clemson on that 104-play night, if that's Ooh. what happened and yeah. Dabo was hired, I don't know that many Alabama fans would have scoffed at that. I would Because... Well, that's why I say many, because when yeah. you look at it, at least the, the, the you know typical fan looks at it and says, this guy took us to the brink two straight games mm-hmm. and then would later, of course, also beat you again with Trevor Lawrence, and it was not even close that night. Let's just say even after that, there are some people that might have looked at that and said, well, he's 2-1 and one against us in the championship. He's definitely played well against us. Mm-hmm. And if he had not had some of the self-inflicted problems that he had, maybe he would have been considered a good hire. As it stands today, several people, including Marissa, have marked themselves safe from Dabo Sweeney being hired by the Alabama Crimson Tide. So, uh, Monica, what are some final thoughts you have on uh, the Kalen DeBoer hiring? What maybe do you expect with the transfer portal or is anybody going to leave? Are people now that have the opportunity from Washington, are they going to shuffle over to Bama? What, what do you think will happen? Um, I think we will see movement, not as much as we thought we would. Um, there's already been one guy come back. It was a very lesser known wide receiver. Mm hmm. But he has come back already, so we'll see. There'll probably be some more movement on the defensive side. So I think it's important the defensive coordinator hire, which I really want to come back to that because I have a thought about it. But I have heard whispers that Ryan Grubb is coming with Coach DeBoer. Ryan Grubb has been with Coach DeBoer since, what, Indiana? Or was it Sioux Falls? I I, I think you're right on one of them. I just don't know which one. I, just, I don't remember if, it's, if he's been with him since Indiana or been with him since Sioux Falls. But he's been with him a long time, and the rumor is that he's staying with him. Hmm. Um, Whoa. There's your guy. Do what? Are you Devin Singletary? Unless that flag's bringing it back, I might be behind you. Oh, I yeah, don't know, the, but the flag, the flag is bringing it back. Oh. Devin Singletary's finally getting the credit he deserves. We are Devin Singletary stands on this podcast. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, but he did. The board did say that there was going to be a taste of Washington coming with him, and I can only hope that means Ryan Grubb. And I think yeah. if it is Ryan Grubb, then Will Rogers will 1 million percent go to Alabama. Well, can can you imagine losing the national championship on Monday? Okay. 
on Monday, and by Saturday, you have been hired to be at Alabama because they're losing Michael Penix in Washington, mm-hmm. but you're hired to come back to Alabama, down to down to Alabama with a quarterback that many would say showed great improvement. Now, personally, I don't like Milrow. I I could be wrong on that, and he could prove me wrong next year, but when Alabama has gone from even Mac Jones looking really, really good, you know, with some mm-hmm. of the wide receivers ahead. And I know the wide receivers weren't as great this year as they've been in years past. But when you go from Tua, Jalen, Mac, Bryce, to now Jalen, Milrow, you just kind of look at it and go, man, it looks like Alabama was holding their offense back and really trying to keep it simple Maybe they have more time now in the offseason to kind of implement it, but a whole new system's coming in. You don't know what DeBoer will want to do with Bama's already existing culture and trying to tweak but also kind of stay true to it. Um, You you still get a guy, though, that is mobile like Michael Penix was. Mm -hmm. I don't know that he's as pure of a thrower as Penix, but he's definitely mobile, and you, you, you actually get to not deal with losing a quarterback. You gained one mm-hmm. because I don't know who Washington was. Was Will Rogers going to be the guy, I guess, next year? I'm um, assuming, I guess. And now you don't have to force that. And so I, I don't know. that. That's just kind of crazy. Like if you would have told the average Alabama fan, hey, after you lost to Michigan, I, we understand Michigan's going to win the national championship. No, we don't want them to win the national championship. Well, they're going to win the national championship. And then you guys are going to uh, find out that Saban is retiring. And it's like the most normal Alabama fan would say, please stop talking. I don't want to think about this. And then the immediate thing you follow up with is, but don't worry. You're going to hire Kalen DeBoer. And more than likely, as you mentioned, Grubb is going to come this way. And it's just kind of like, so it was good that we lost? It it is mind blowing. The whole situation is just absolutely mind blowing. Because sure. I don't know that if Bama won the championship this year, if DeBoer would be available. I don't know because they there is apparent conversations that Washington was renegotiating with him. He was and or he yeah. was under contract, right? Mm-hmm. And who knows if if Washington gets first-round bounced or whatever, if DeBoer would have been as open. I don't know. Um, Yes, he would have been because he said there's only only a very small handful of jobs that he would leave Washington for, and Alabama was extremely high on that list. And it it could be coach talk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it does not matter because, okay, we're going to have to get off this at some point, but you know, Washington, they only offered NIL to existing players like transfers. Don't get NIL opportunities, new Mm -hmm. students. Whoa, that was a nice touchdown. Uh, New students don't get NIL opportunities, only yeah. existing players. So all these people who say DeBoer can't recruit, well, he's never had 
the NIL as a tool to use in recruiting before. Mm-hmm. So what can he do there? Also, um, I think his coordinator hires are going to be very, very important. Ryan Grubb would be perfect. I would love that. Additionally, this defensive coordinator hire is going to be vital. A lot of people have said, why don't you just break the bank and get try to get Glenn Schumann away from Georgia, which I think would be a good hire, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. But I did well, have a thought. <laughs> okay. So Jim Harbaugh is pretty much gone to the NFL, right? Well, yeah, he's he's interviewing next week with the Chargers. So I think it's a foregone conclusion that at one point or another he will be an NFL coach. How much money do you think it's going to take to get Jesse Minter? Or do you think Harbaugh is going to try to take Jesse Minter with him? I don't know because would, there's a part of me that thinks Michigan's going to lose a ton of defensive players this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are going to the draft. Um, in fact, I haven't seen any that have said they're going to stay right. that are eligible. So if I had to choose, would I want to stay at Michigan if I know my coach is also leaving, or would I want to go over to Alabama where they always have defenders like just being grown in the backyard uh, of the campus there? seems like every year you turn around and it's like, Oh yeah, that guy's a four star at minimum, you know, recruit mm-hmm. here. That guy's a five star. And then every year you're also seeing them get drafted. I don't know that it would take a ton of money to convince me to leave Michigan if I were in that because and I don't know that Michigan's gonna be as good next year overall as they were this year. No. And Glenn Schumann is making what two point one million dollars as yeah, a defensive coordinator at Georgia. No, I would not do that. I'm not going to pay more money to do that. I would pay Ryan Grubb a lot of money to come, but I'm not going to pay that much. But you can get a Jesse Minter type for a more reasonable price, and I think that is a legitimate possibility, actually. Well, and I'll close my side of the comments on this by by saying this. I'll throw it back to you for anything else. And then we've got one more thing that we'll do as a separate episode. That way we've got two of these that come out. Um, I think the allure of Bama is also kind of like the allure of the New England Patriots where their assistant coaches have often already had head coaching experience and it just didn't work out. But then they are kind of reshuffled back into being a defensive assistant, an offensive assistant, a a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator. And you now have all these things going uh, where I think Alabama could – there's a part of me that would not be surprised if somehow they could get both Grubb and Jesse. Like if if any team could do it, it's Alabama because if I'm Jesse or Grubb, I'm thinking two, three seasons here. We could win some titles, and then I could go be a head coach either in the NFL – I could be available to coach there, or I could go get a, a coaching job somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. if Kirby Smart ends up going to the Atlanta Falcons, if it's true what the reports are saying, that he's been interviewed by Atlanta and is possible to go there, mm-hmm. then you have to think that what's-his-face, $2.1 million dude, is going to be the first guy they talk to about just stepping mm-hmm. into that role, potentially. 
but I don't know. The whole thing is just odd. So, Monica, as we think about the, you know, state of Alabama right now, close out your thoughts with what you think about this, and then I'll tease next next day's episode. I'm really excited about it. I think, you know, the future is bright. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, maybe there's been a lot of people that saying, oh, yeah, Alabama's going to lose five games. Okay. If we lose five games next year, we lose five games. I'm not going to stop liking Alabama. I'm not going to stop rooting for Alabama. But I also don't – I think that is a doomsday scenario. I don't think that is super likely. I don't think yeah. the losing five games is super likely. And I think – I just think this, this is an awesome time to, you know, this is an awesome time to uh, be an Alabama fan. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, for those Bama haters out there, and I'm not a Bama hater, hater, but I'm like hater with a you know lowercase h. Um, I respect them. You know, there there can't be any doubt about that. But I don't want to see them be successful because it just gets old after a while. For those of us that don't root for them, I know the Bama fans are like it never gets old. Um, but it does for the rest of us. So uh, I'll say this though: if you're a Bama hater with a capital H A T E R, you are very distraught right now. You have to be. Because yeah. this did not, it didn't even take two days for this Mm-mm. to be not even forty eight you know, hours for the ship yeah. to be righted. Correct. Yeah. Um. You tomorrow, Monica and I will be back, and we will be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, though they have made the playoffs this year, they have not been very good over the last three seasons, and we are at a point now where. 2020 was the last year that the Steelers had a really good record and were first in the division. And I have gone through every draft from 2019 to 2022. I didn't redraft 2023 because I'm telling you what, I don't have any problems with it. Um, I'm just going to leave it as is. But I did redraft uh, four total drafts, and we are going to talk about what I changed or what I did not change and Monica, as we go through these redrafts, is going mm-hmm. to kind of keep a record of who I have replaced. And then we're going to kind of announce what the the starting roster would be for the Steelers after that. And you can tell us in an email or you can leave a review uh, for the podcast. But in an email, you could tell us whether or not you agree that we think they are a Super Bowl team or not. So until tomorrow, take care. <laughs>